Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Good News Podcast. We'll start this episode with a prayer and actually um, subsequently uh, we'll start every other episode with a prayer. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity once again to fellowship around your word. Father, we thank you for the wisdom that you have made available for us. Father, we pray that by your spirit we have understanding that as we behold the words of scripture, that we behold Jesus glorified, even as we are edified by the same. Father, we glorify your name. We thank you for this privilege. Father, that our hearts be yielded to the word, that we are not just hearers, but those who hear and those who practice who put it into practice as well that the word that we hear we grow by in jesus name we pray amen so on this episode we are going to be looking at uh, how a believer has to respond or how a believer should respond to life situations you know the believer's response to situations to situations i've um i've mentioned it somewhere in the past um in a previous episode that the believer has an identity which is found in christ okay this means that the believer's character the content of the believer's character ought to be consistent with that identity okay the believer has a defined approach to life situations okay so when we um i think in an episode of uh the believer's identity i believe we looked into detail maybe if you have not maybe you would want you might want to refer to that episode if you've not listened to it yet um we looked in detail into how the believer is like christ and how the believer ought to discover the realities of that union of that nature of christ that is in him okay and walk in the light of those realities okay if we look at romans chapter 8 verse 9 paul will let us know that the believer is not in the flesh the believer is in the spirit he says but you are not in the flesh but in the spirit if so be that the spirit of god dwell in you okay so when we when we got born again when we believed the message of the gospel we received the spirit of god so we ought to live our lives by the realities of that spirit okay by the realities of that spirit okay and if we look i think galatians chapter 5 paul will tell us that that spirit that we received has a fruit okay paul will draw a distinction between the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit so this means that the believer has the capacity to live life a certain way the believer has been enabled by the spirit that he received that new birth to live life a certain way a way that is not determined by the circumstances of sit- of life situations okay by the circumstances or um, situations of life sorry okay so the believer's journey is now one of what self-discovery you receive this identity when you become born again you start discovering the realities of that identity okay okay so the believer now embarks on a journey of discovering the realities of the spirit that is found in him of the spirit of god that he received the union that he came into with god when he believed the gospel so he discovers those realities and begins to walk in those real in the light of those realities okay now this discovery is what you can call spiritual growth i think we've um we have an episode on, on spiritual growth 
okay it's what you call spiritual growth where the believer now renews his mind with information information about who he has become in christ jesus and that information is what's found in the word of god the believer will now feed his mind with the knowledge of god's word okay god's word now provides the believer with the only accurate description of himself or who of who he is okay so for the man in christ the man in christ is described by god himself okay the nature of the man in christ is authored by god okay so the wisdom for living the way that believer ought to live or respond to life life situations will now be founded in god's word since god is the one that authored the um the identity of that believer okay so god will not be the one that defines god will not be the one that describes or that provides the wisdom as to how that believer ought to function how that believer ought to function okay so it's just like electronics the manufacturers they produce a manual okay the manual will now tell you this is, these are the functions of these um, equipment these gadgets okay so it's the same thing when we became born again we became god's own so god is now the author of who we are okay so the knowledge of how to the knowledge of first of all who we are and how we ought to live will now be found in god's word god's own description so god's word will now be the believer's reference at all times the believer would always at all times refer to god's word to get accurate information of who he is and how he or how he how he ought to be okay so god's word will now you know god's word now has um the recommendations the prescription of how to respond to the issues of life okay and we all know god is supreme his wisdom can never be defeated his wisdom can never be defeated okay the wisdom of god the wisdom of the wisdom that is found in his word is supreme is supreme is supreme okay is supreme okay so um uh, what were we uh, discussing yes so we are looking at what the believers the believers uh, response so i just told us that the the wisdom of god is supreme is supreme and you know the funny thing is sometimes it actually looks like foolishness in the eyes of men you know it looks like foolishness in the eyes of men paul would say something in first corinthians chapter 1 verse 23 and 24 he says but we preach christ crucified unto the jews a stumbling block and unto the greeks foolishness but unto them which are called that's them which are saved both jews and greek christ the power of god and the wisdom of god okay so now when jesus was crucified when satan was inspiring men to um, to kill jesus to crucify jesus okay he he was thinking that in that action okay he will put an end to god god's plan for man without knowing that in the wisdom of god in the wisdom of god that singular action of killing jesus would actually be the action that will fulfill the plan of god to restore man you know that will be the plan of god to restore man so god's wisdom is supreme 
it might seem to man like foolishness okay it might seem to man like foolishness but we can see in the death burial and resurrection of jesus that the purpose of god was fulfilled even though even though men thought that killing jesus was work even though that devil himself and the men he used they thought that killing jesus was um killing the plan of god they didn't know they were fulfilling the plan of god either you know so the believer can rest assured can be rest assured that the wisdom of god as found in his word will always prevail god's wisdom will always subdue darkness his wisdom is his light his wisdom is his light he says and light shineth in the darkness and darkness comprehended it not john chapter 1 verse 5 so anytime the enemy lays an assault on the believer anytime life throws different storms and blows to the believer the believer's only escape route or survival or triumph plan is what the wisdom of god the believer can depend on the wisdom of god can rely on the wisdom wisdom of god to get out of situations Okay? Therefore, we have to learn what the Word of God says on how to respond to situations. Because one thing is that wisdom being available. Another thing is what? Taking our time to, to feed on that wisdom of God. On that wisdom of God. You know, there are believers that even though they have the Spirit of God, something happens and they are panicking they are running helter skelter they are crying, they are shaking they are filled with anxiety you know they are filled with anxiety but the knowledge of god's word okay a knowledge of god's word actually keeps you steady in situations like that you know there are many ways one can respond when things happen it's human nature you can respond by your senses which comes more natural to you you know by impulse but for the believer there is a defined way to respond and that way is found in the word of god so it might sound so simple but the believer ought to constantly at all times at all times function like this function like this the believer ought to function like this at all times okay the believer has to the believer ha, the, actually the believer has a way to resp- he needs to know that way to resp- of responding to life situations not just by his impulse not just by what his senses are, are are saying to him you know not just by even when it looks foolish even when the recommendations of god's word looks foolish even when in pain and god's word is asking you to laugh because it looks foolish you know of course of course the wisdom of god would always look foolish to the natural man it will always look foolish it will always sound foolish to your natural logic that is true we just looked at i think we just looked at um something paul said he says for the preaching okay actually we haven't first corinthians 1 verse 18 he says for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness the preaching of the cross is the wisdom of god he says but unto us which are saved it is the power of god it is the power of god so the things of the things that the word of god says might not might actually make you look foolish in the sight of men but that's not what you consider you don't start thinking about what men think if the word of god says it it works it will not make sense to the natural man but we 
the ones that are saved we trust the wisdom of god the believer is not going to depend on the recommendations of the society he's not going to depend on what people say to know how to respond to situations for instance if someone wrongs you the nature as in the natural the uh, the human nature has the tendency for vengeance but the word of god will tell you to what is seek reconciliation to forgive okay that is a response already defined in the word of god but it is foolish to natural human thinking okay so the widow the wisdom of god the wisdom of the spirit of god in us is what we ought to go with at all times and we get to know that wisdom by what feeding on god's word feeding on god's word so when it comes to life situations the word of god provides for the believer how to respond how to respond now when i say situations it mustn't always be difficult situations even though emphasis are usually uh, will in on this episode we will place emphasis on difficult situations okay situations generally even when things are good and when things are bad there is a way found in the word of god to respond okay to respond now let me say something that you are a believer does not necessarily make you immune to the pressures of this world it does not it it doesn't necessarily make you immune against life situations no it does not believers they fall sick believers they encounter the pressure they face the pressures of life they encounter the difficulties that are found in life it is normal because we live in the world so the things that are going on in the world okay would always present the same challenges that they ought to present but we have the power of god we have the wisdom of god we know how to respond jesus would tell them in john chapter 16 verse 33 he says these things have i have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace so where is peace found peace is found in him in christ he says in the world you shall have what tribulations in the world you shall have tribulations but what be of good cheer be of good cheer i have overcome the world i have overcome the world so where is peace peace is found in christ in the world tribulations in christ peace he says but be of good cheer okay the word tribulation is the word um thlipsis t-h-l-i-l-i-p-s-i-s which means the same things as stress stress pressing together pressure you know to pressure affliction distress you know so by virtue of being in this world the believer is very likely okay there is a great chance that the believer will come face to face with the pressures of the world that is just how it is okay that is just how it is even jesus was not immune to the challenges of the world his disciples were not look at matthew chapter 8 let's look let's start looking at some um, examples matthew chapter 8 verse 23 to 26 i'll read he says and when he was entered into a ship his disciples followed him and behold there arose a great tempest in the sea insomuch that the ship was covered i'm reading from the kjv version okay that the ship was covered with the waves but he was asleep and his disciples came to him and and awoke him saying lord save us we perish and he saith unto them why are ye fearful o ye of little faith 
Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was great calm. So his disciples, they were facing a life-threatening situation. Jesus was in that boat with them, and they responded as any natural man would respond. They responded by the senses. There was fear. They responded in fear. Okay. Now, fear is what? The expectation that the worst possible outcome is going to happen. You don't know whether it will or not. Okay, but you expect it. You are expecting it. It's fear is not knowledge. Fear is an expectation. You don't know for sure. You just expect. You just you just think it might happen. You just know that there is a chance it might happen. Not that you know for sure it will happen. Okay, so fear is your mind magnifying all the possibilities of the worst possible outcome. Okay. So you see people today that at any slightest thing, they literally act as though the world is about to end. You know, you see a small, um, <laughs> a small rash on your face and your first thought is that you might need plastic surgery to remove it. You know, pardon my humor. Okay. So look at the disciples here. They ran to Jesus and they said, Lord, save us, we perish. Now, Jesus, interpret- now, Jesus didn't even interpret it as faith because they ran to him. Jesus interpreted their action as what? As them being fearful. As them being fearful. Okay. Just interpreted it as them being <clears throat> as them being fearful. And this is something we do. Where did the fear the fear Jesus identified that fear in the phrase we perish? The worst possible outcome. Okay. That was all the possibility they could see in that situation. We perish. And this is something we do. Sometimes we think we are praying, but we are only expressing our fears. We are praying our fear. We are not praying the prayer of faith, what James would call the prayer of faith. We are not praying in faith. Okay. Now Jesus asked them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Little faith doesn't mean that they have. Um, that it's not a measure of their faith. It's, that's basically saying unbelief, that they don't, they had no faith at all. Okay. Which means that there was a response he expected from them, or rather that their response was a wrong one, was the wrong response. They were supposed to respond differently. Because they had seen Jesus do miracles. They had sat under his teachings. They, uh, he had explained scriptures to them, you know. But they responded in a way that Jesus deemed as fearful, as wrong. So naturally, they were right to fear. But Jesus' response now tells us they didn't respond the right way. Or they didn't respond according to the wisdom that is found in God's word, according to the wisdom of God. So there can be issues in life, issues of potential danger, where even though naturally a particular response would make sense, the expectation for the believer is that he responds according to the word. Most of the times, the flesh is, re- is reinforced by the kind of things we consume. We soak in the wisdom we find on social media, the wisdom we find in movies, which now affects the way we react to situations. But the believer was never meant to imbibe the wisdom of the world. No, the believer has a way that is set for him. So in that Matthew chapter 8, Jesus responded in a different way to how his disciples responded. 
he responded a different way what did he do he stood up and he calmed he spoke to the wind because he was very very assured of the authority he had over the wind let's look at a different scenario in the bible this time around the concept the context is persecution okay now the word teaches the believer to react a certain way in the face of persecution now persecution is that what people are treating you horribly for the sake of christ okay now the bible once again teaches the believer how to respond there are people that will just give you grief simply because they know you're a christian there are people that in your workplace you know they will just it could be your boss it could be just a colleague you know does everything against you simply because you're a christian they hate christians or they 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 just don't like you because you're a christian that can happen okay now jesus in matthew chapter 5 verse 10 to 11 was telling his disciples he says blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake for the <clears throat> for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are ye when man shall rev- when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you for my sake so someone is being persecuted someone is being done evil to and jesus called them blessed you see the view of the word is that you are blessed to be persecuted for preaching the gospel for following jesus for identifying with christ totally different from what the world teaches the world will tell you you do me i do you an eye for an eye but jesus already warned them that they be persecuted he already told them that persecution is going to come as a result of you following me he says these things have i spoken unto you that in me you might have peace in the world you shall have tribulations okay in john 15 18 he says if the world hates you know that it hated me before it hated you you know it hated me before it hated you okay um john in his epistle first john chapter 3 verse 12 and 13 he says not as cain who was of that wicked one and slew his brother and wherefore slew he him because he his own works were evil and his brother's righteous marvel not my brethren if the world hates you marvel not if the world hates you marvel not if the world hates you so cain slew his brother because his brother's works were righteous you know so john was telling the believer not to marvel not to be surprised okay not to wonder not to be shocked is the word um, thaumazo t-h-a-u-m-a-z-o the word marvel he's telling them to not wonder don't be shocked if the world hates you if things are not going if everything if it seems like things are going against you in the world don't be shocked okay don't be shocked you know don't don't see it as something unexpected you know don't see it as something unexpected don't be shocked okay so john is john is telling the believer to not be shocked if he is hated by the world in fact let me say this if the world likes you if the world approves of every single thing you do it's actually time to withdraw into yourself and see the things you're doing wrong it's actually an indication that you are out of god's will it is time to book a retreat if the world agrees with all your principles of life there is a problem okay there is a problem there is a problem john says don't be marveled if they hate you the word hate he actually used a very strong word there hate 
hate to use them it means to be hostile to oppose to oppose to oppose so your views as a believer ought to be contra- contrary to the views of the world okay these things have i spoken unto you that you should not be offended they shall put you out of the synagogues here the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth god's service john chapter 16 verse 1 to 2 okay it says do not be offended that's a response to such situations he says do not be offended do not be offended he says that the time will come when people will actually put them to death and say they are serving god by doing so these are the kind of hostility we face in the world he says there will be hostility towards them from the world we face the same thing today as believers so the world will hate them the world will hate you for believing in christ for practicing your faith what did he say their response should be says to take no offense do not be offended so the wisdom of god is to not be offended towards those that hate you the natural way to respond will be to retaliate respond or return hate with hate so jesus didn't even ask them to defend themselves look at that verse 2 he says people even kill you and think they are serving god so if someone makes an attempt to kill you in response because this was in the context of preaching the gospel so if someone makes an attempt to kill you in response to preaching the gospel the wisdom of god is that you take no offense even when the natural response would be first of all you quit preaching and then you retaliate we are getting somewhere okay okay now matthew chapter 5 verse 11 and 12 he says blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake he says rejoice this one is not just don't be offended he's now saying rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted did the prophets which were before you so it's not it's not he didn't just stop at telling you don't be offended he goes further and tells you to rejoice so he says people are persecuting you they are accusing you falsely they are spreading rumors about you saying all sorts of things against you now in the context of preaching the gospel but you can always apply it you can always apply biblical wisdom in all the aspects of life he says when this when all this is happening rejoice and be exceedingly glad look at the wisdom of god's word obviously when he says rejoice when he's giving it as an instruction rejoice be exceedingly glad that will give you the first indication that you will not feel like it it's not something you will feel it is something you now do you just rejoice you just rejoice you call to remembrance who you are in christ you call to remembrance all that god has given you in christ the eternal life you have in christ jesus and then you rejoice you give god glory you give god praise you break into praise you break into joyful noise into joyful sounds and more often than not it in fact at all times it is better than offense it is better than being offended so even when you don't feel like it you rejoice and we could see this in the lives of the apostles in acts chapter 5 when they actually faced persecution 
Acts chapter 5, Act, the book Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5, verse 40 and verse 41, it says, And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence, as the apostles departed from the presence of the council, what did they do? Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Look at that. So there is nothing human about that behavior, but it is the wisdom of God's word. See the kind of results, see the kind of fruit they had in their ministry. And now, if they got offended, they wouldn't have been able, they wouldn't have been able to win the number of souls that they won. If you're offended at someone, you can't go and preach to someone you're offended at, offended with, you know. You can't. You can't affect the person if you're offended towards them. So as they preached, they were persecuted. They weren't offended. And eventually, the same men who persecuted them started believing their message. Why? They did not retaliate. They rejoiced. They rejoiced. They were exceedingly glad. They didn't quit. They didn't go on Twitter and start. They didn't start making posts on Twitter. They didn't start putting stuff on Facebook or WhatsApp statuses to gain pity, you know. To gain, I, I don't even know why people do that, you know. Maybe people will tell you, "Oh, I'm sorry, this happened to you." Oh, love and light, you know. What did they do? They rejoiced that they were found worthy to suffer for the gospel. This can also apply. In your workplace, you're doing your job properly and someone has made it a point of duty to frustrate you, you know, you don't retaliate. You don't retaliate. You don't get offended. You just rejoice. You just rejoice. God, I give you glory for this job that you have given me. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability with the consciousness that you are always with me. And when I have the opportunity in this place, I'm going to shine your light in the hearts of men that are here. These are the kind of, these are, this is the way you respond to situations like that. This is the way you respond. This is the way you respond. James will put it this way. James chapter 1 verse 2, he says, My brethren, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. The word count it there is the word hegiomai. It means to let joy take the lead. Let joy be the your first reaction, your first response. Rejoice. Respond with joy. At the face of tribulations, rejoice. And that joy is what? A fruit of the Spirit. A fruit of the spirit that is in the believer. So bring it out. Bring forth that joy. He didn't say you should complain. He didn't say you should seek attention or self-pity. No. He says rejoice. 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 You know, one thing we often neglect is that there is joy within the believer. There is joy resident in the spirit. The believer has the Holy Ghost. So joy resides in the believer. So we keep waiting for situations to align so we can use them as reasons to rejoice. But no, no, you can rejoice at the face of trouble. You can rejoice at the face of trouble. You can. You can rejoice at the face of trouble. 
Sometimes things will happen to you. You can't even explain how you feel. It hurts so bad. Of course, you're a human being. You feel the pain. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you. But you rejoice. There is joy in the Holy Ghost. You esteem all the things God has done for you in Christ. You know, you call to remembrance ah, that your sins are forgiven forever. You call to remember remembrance that you have the life of Christ in you, that you are in an eternal union with God by His Spirit, and then you rejoice. You rejoice. The same way you pray in the Spirit, the same way you rejoice in the Spirit. The believer can rejoice by the Spirit. The believer can rejoice by the Spirit. So things happen, there is a way to respond. People offend you, there is a way to respond. Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 verse 44 would say, I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. This is the wisdom of God. This is the wisdom of God. Your husband, your wife, they offend you. You don't retaliate. You don't. You don't. You respond according to the word of God. And the word says, do not be offended. Do good. Love them. And so on and so forth. When negativities happen, you respond to the way of the word. The believer has a blueprint. It is constant. It doesn't change with seasons. It stays. It is steady. Paul will say, rejoicing in hope, patient in, t- in tribulation, Continuing instant in prayer. You know, there's a way to respond. That's Romans 12 verse 12. When you face situations, there's a way to respond. You don't learn from social media. You don't get your wisdom from outside the word of God. The believer's manual of function. The believer's manual is what? The word of God. When there is sickness, there's a way to respond. James 5.13 will say, Is there any among you? Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. So in every situation, when there is affliction, you pray. When there are good times, you sing psalms. You are always joyful. James is still emphasizing joy as a response, both to afflictions and to the good times. You know? So the believer... He's feeling depressed. Unfortunately, in the world we live today, the, we live in a world where dysfunction is glamorized. People actually, well, let me not get into that, but the antidote is joy. Is joy. The believer who knows how to rejoice by the spirit that is found in him would hardly ever go through moments of depression. You rejoice. You don't dwell in the situations. You don't dwell in the feelings. You use your mouth. You call to remembrance the things that God has done for you. You call to remembrance, you know, the knowledge of God that you have from God's word. You yield your heart to the joy that is in the Holy Ghost. There is joy already in you. So at the face of afflictions, the pressures of life, you sing psalms, you make merry. James pointed something out in... Um, chapter 5 verse 14 to 20 says is any sick among you let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the lord and the prayer of faith 
<laughs> shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. He's not using probabilities here. He says, shall save. He's quite, you know, he's quite um, confident. He says, if you have committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. Pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know, now he started talking about Elijah. You know, he said Elias was a man of subject, a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he who converted the sinner from the error of Jewish shall save his soul from death and he shall hide a multitude of sins. So he says the prayer of a righteous man. The believer is a righteous man. The believer is already the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So your prayer makes tremendous power. He says that your prayer availeth much. Your prayer makes power available. Your prayer makes power available. He says, the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. So he's teaching mostly, as he's teaching here mostly prayer as a response. Prayer as a response. Prayer as a response. Prayer as a response. You stay in prayer. You stay in joy. You know, you stay in prayer. You keep praying. You keep praying. You keep praying because I know the power of God is made available as I pray. The power of God to change this situation is made available. You know, the prayer makes power available to change situations. So prayer is the way we involve the power of God in situations. So you keep praying. You keep praying. You keep praying. You keep praying. You keep praying until you see a change. You stay in prayer. When you're praying, you're not worrying. When you're praying, you're not depressed. When you're praying, you're not stressing over that situation. You're praying because you know that you have the power of God available to change that situation. So you continue until you see a change. You see a change. So you keep at it until there's a result. You don't pray once and relax. You keep praying. You don't pray once and start moaning at God and say, ah, he doesn't want to hear me. No, you're not praying to change God's mind. You're praying to change that situation. God's will is already known in that situation and God's will is not to bring you pain. So the power of God is made available through your prayer to change that situation. So you continue making that power available until that situation is changed. So your persistence in prayer is actually the proof that you believe that that prayer works. You don't pray once. If something is working, you keep doing it until you see a result. You know, you see a result. So you don't just go pray once and no. Paul will say in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, he says, be careful for nothing. That word careful is for, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, notice the intelligence of Paul's admonition. He says, be anxious for nothing. So he says, first of all, deal with the anxiety. Deal with the anxiety. Okay, that word, be careful, is the same word as, the same word with anxiety. So read your heart of anxiety first and then pray. How do you do that? The same things we spoke about earlier, you rejoice. You rejoice. You rejoice. 
you rest your heart on the power of God. You rest your heart on the things that God has done. You rejoice. Get rid of the anxiety. You put it into your mind what the that the power of God can do this. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter how bad it feels. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. I'm not scared because God can do this. That's where you don't pray your anxiety. You pray in faith. You pray in faith. Let's begin to round up. John chapter 9 verse 1 to 6 says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither had this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works, that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work, as long as I am in the world and the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man without clay. Okay, so at the face of darkness, the believer's response is what to be a light. Jesus identified that blindness as darkness, the works of the enemy. So when there is sickness, what is your response? You see the demonic oppression, what is your response? Okay. You see sickness, you minister healing. Demonic oppression, you cast out demon. In Matthew chapter six, in sorry, Mark chapter 16, Jesus said that in my name you shall cast out demons. You shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. That is your authority in Christ. You have it. And that is how you respond to those situations. When there is sickness, you lay hands, you minister healing, you minister healing. The word of God already told you that these are the signs that follow them that believe. These are your signs because you believe. So there is sickness, you don't start panicking. You don't start thinking, ah, this is going to kill me. I've read the symptoms on Google. I've, I saw somebody that had something like this last year and the person is dead now. No, no. Mm-mm, no. The signs that follow you as a believer is that you can lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. You see the oppression of demons, you cast out demons in the name of Jesus out. You cast out demons. You have the authority in Christ Jesus. You have the authority in Christ Jesus. You have the authority in Christ Jesus. Okay. You have the authority in Christ Jesus. So the believer has a way to respond. To respond, sorry. There's darkness, light. You shine your light. Darkness could be unbelief. Unbelief and your response to unbelief is preach the gospel. Faith comes by hearing. You minister the gospel, you know, light comes. As the hearts of men receive that word of that message of the gospel that you just preached, the light of Christ floods their heart. You've dispelled, you've expelled darkness from that environment. You expel darkness from that environment. So there is a way the believer ought to respond. There is a way. There is a way. God who told Joshua that this book should not depart from your mouth. So meditation is you meditate often you feed on god's word you feed on god's word so that when situations arise what naturally jumps out from your inside is the knowledge of god's word that you have your response to situations should be founded on what your knowledge of god's word you already know you already know what god's word says about this situation you already know you know 
that the exceeding greatness of God's power is in you. You know, that the, that the power of God is at work in you and therefore this situation is not too big. This situation is not going to do any damage because you're, you've fed on the word, you've meditated, you've meditated on the word, you, you've fed your mind with the word that the only natural response your mind now has is to engage the power of God in our situations. So this is where we would... Uh, um finish for this uh episode and i hope this has been a blessing to you i hope we hit these words just as the scriptures um have recommended for us to hit the word of god authors sorry the word of god authors our response to situations so let's fill our minds with the word of god that as we go through the journeys of life we don't struggle we don't act as the ones who are stranded we are never stranded because we have the power of god we have the power of god okay so until um the next episode actually um okay i forgot to apologize for the length of time it took to give you a new episode i'm so sorry for that i'm going to do my best to be a bit more consistent um, as consistent as um, I've been in the past. So I hope this has been a blessing to you. If you have any questions, if you just want to say hello, any contributions, or you want someone to pray with you, just send an email to um, goodnewspods at gmail.com. That's G O D N E W S P O D Z at gmail.com. Just send an email. Um, and then we'll take it up from there so until the next episode god bless you